Hello, Senator. Welcome to Transplants, the only podcast produced for and by people making a go of it in their new city or state. I am your host, Alec Flynn. We're back, and I'll tell you what, we're fun employed right now. That's right. I'm going on week numero dos of just trying to figure it out still. It's been pretty good, though. I've been enjoying myself. Um, It's a little bit weird just walking around in the middle of the day and doing things. I've been like going to the grocery store midday and picking up, you know, grocery store tips from all the moms and all these deli hacks. They're like, let me get a, I watch this woman go, let me get a third pound of the boar's head turkey. I'm like, that's not how it goes. It goes in quarters, ding dong. Um, But then I did do the same thing and I feel like that's a, that's a fun hack. Um, Yeah, it's been a little bit weird just kind of sitting around. I'm trying to apply for a couple different things right now. I'll tell you guys what's going on. Number one is substitute teacher. That's kind of the big one I have right now. I just went to the place. I got my fingerprints done so they can do a background check. I feel like teaching, substitute teaching, I'm a guy who kind of needs an audience. Not only that, but I feel like the youths, they relate to me. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's just, I mean, I already have gray hair, so maybe they don't at all. But in my own head, I feel like they look at me as a guy of reason and understanding. Okay, I'm a guy who's going to get down on one knee, hand on the shoulder and say, look, buddy, I know it feels like seventh grade's never going to end. But one day when all this is said and done, you're going to be the best version of yourself. And I can't wait to see that person. That's what I'm going to be doing. All right. A lot of stuff like that. Either that or I might just show up and be like, look, guys, I might be a short king. All right. But when Big Al steps into the classroom, he's the big dog. If you're nice, if we if we have a mutual understanding of respect, at the end of class, we will be playing Heads Up, Seven Up. How's that sound, gang? Give me one clap if you hear me. Give me two claps if you hear me. That's what I'm feeling. I think I could, I could really control, I don't know, at least like get some people's attention, make sure that there's some learning going on. I can imprint all the stuff that I've been learning as well um, just in – the newspaper, you know, like we can go, What I might just be like, what is this, math class? Yeah, fuck that. We're talking about Ukraine offensive in uh, Western Ukraine and the annexation of certain provinces. That's what we should be doing. We should be talking about current events class, okay? I, that's what I, I would be doing. But yeah, that's the biggest job I am sort of going after right now. That, and I, I'm, I feel like, you know, in my past episodes, I had an episode on feeling creatively clogged, feeling like I was burnt out with my past job doing TikToks. And I'll tell you what, man, I'm so fucking, I feel great. I feel re-energized. I feel like there's time now for me to be bored. People don't talk about like the creative process, how important it can be just to feel bored and to do nothing. That's kind of when you'll have maybe an epiphany when you have a creative streak of something coming up. When you are constantly getting those hits of dopamine from your phone and when you're constantly on a project maybe that you don't like or maybe that you're you're dreading, it's tough to feel inspired and it's tough to feel ready to go. So now that I'm feeling a little bit bored, I have like a lot more energy and I, I feel like a, a lot of the projects that I've been working on, especially with my comedy, uh, producing my comedy shows and then with you know, maybe a new podcast coming out. I'm trying to create a radio broadcast called Dad Behavior. I've talked about this in the past. Um, shout out to Sean OC. We're going to be working on that. 
soon once I get it all figured out. But anyway, yeah, I, just the update. I am fun employed. And I'll tell you what, it was a little bit scary at first as a guy who did not. I know I haven't been unemployed since I graduated college. Don't get me wrong. I've been fired from every like summer job I've ever had, but now it's real. Now I'm far away from home and I am on my own. In a way, I'm not really ever on my own, thankfully to my family, but it does feel like there's a large level of separation and where I need to grow up and really make sure that I'm taking care of myself. And I think I was able to prepare myself very well by saving up some money to the point where I can relax and I can't kind of take a step back and reflect on what the next move is. That's an important thing, I think, for a lot of people that are transplants, maybe that are moving or that are in like a different place. Um, you know, having something, you know, keeping the thing in mind where there's always like a worst case scenario, you lose your job, maybe you get into an accident, maybe there's health problems. Um, being able to sit there and say, all right, I have a plan for this. It feels pretty good. And I think it lets you kind of relax a little bit. So that's where I'm at right now. And I'm really excited. Um, we have, I actually had my parents come and visit last week. That was pretty hilarious. My parents are from Boston as well. Um, and yeah, the altitude, people don't talk about the altitude when it comes to, you know, Denver, like all the activities are exercise related, you know, hiking, biking, what have you. And like I said, I was just, dude, my parents, my dad always thinks I'm trying to like kill him with this stuff. I'm like, he's like, dude, hey, my Fitbit says I'm dead. I'm like, you know, buddy, you know, relax. Like, I, I, I don't want to hear that. I know, you know, it's got, it's never good when you hear like your dad just be like, I don't feel good. It's like, that doesn't make me feel good, dude. Just, you know, bottle it up. Be a man. <laughs> be a man. Don't express how you're feeling. <laughs> But uh, I love having the parents visit because it feels like your parents, um, the roles reverse when they come to visit you as an adult. Your entire life, you were the kid in the backseat, you know, being annoying, just asking questions all the time. Now you have the car, they're in the backseat, and they transform back into toddlers. It's just my mom is pointing at everything out the window, just naming storefronts that she sees. King Supers, have you been there? Literally, she'll point out every single thing that you see. Just go, just ask if I. I'm like, I haven't been to every store in this city. I don't. You gotta, you gotta calm down. Just, and then your dad is just angry because he's not driving, and he's just throwing a little fit. You hear him is just like, I'm hungry. I'm like, all right, well, what are you hungry for? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just hungry. He looks out the window. Ooh, ice cream. You know, <laughs> they're they're just. It's I don't know. They probably would have been in a better mood if I hadn't put him in a car seat, but. I'm trying to be safe. It's good. They they got into the edibles. They went heavy on the eddies. Pa every parent, like, parents are doing edibles all the time now. I like that. It's pretty hilarious that we grow up and they chastise us about the dangers of drugs. And now, you know, your mom will be at Thanksgiving like, I take in a five milligram edible. I take it before I go to bed. It's, I'm like so bad. I'm a pothead. <laughs> Man, it, yeah, they they got heavy on the like they went to the dispensary, came back with like a uh, a bag of like all these edibles. I'm like, who's eating all those? And she goes, I don't know. I just I just saw a bunch. <laughs> I caught them. <laughs> they um, and then we went to Red Rocks. We went to a Red Rocks show. They didn't have any edibles, so 
I did the responsible thing to get them high, which was uh, stand up and peer pressure them by screaming. Can it, does anybody here have weed for my parents? And then someone gave uh, them some weed. They got to hang out. I like when my parents, um, you know, when they're a little bit high, it's it's pretty fun. You know, they don't really get like ripped. I don't really, you know, they're not dreadlocks people, but it's the Eddies. Everybody's, everybody's parents are on the edibles. Let's be honest. Every <laughs> Your dad's taken a couple before he plays 18, with, 18 holes with the boys. Your mom is taking one before. I, you know, she goes to wine night with the ladies. That's just what it is now. Everybody is mildly high. All your parents are mildly high. Anyway, my, uh, my mom, what she likes to do is just ask me about every friend I've ever had growing up and then how they're doing. And be like, oh, Timmy Murphy, what was, uh, what's he up to? And, you know, after about like the third person that I've explained how they're doing and they're doing better than me, I start to get a little bit jealous and uh, I got to make up some sad or some crazy backstories for those other people. So she'd be like, what happened to Jimmy Sullivan? I'm just like, oh, yeah, tough, tough. Got really into porn, really like weird breastfeeding stuff. They had to get him a sweater, no hole on it. He can't get his arm out. Sad, sad stuff. And then uh, my dad, what he likes, he'll get real honest with me, which you know, as as a Boston father, you don't really get to see that side of them. And I appreciate that. You know, he'll he'll look at me and he'll go, I can't tell if you're lazy, stupid, or just haven't figured it out yet. And I'm like, Dad, I don't like you gotta calm down. Like the, the DoorDash app won't let me get the fucking Mexican pizza, okay? That's what it is. I mean, my parents, they were really fun when they were up here. I love them dearly. Um, we went and hung out in Breckenridge. You got to have activities planned. That's that's just what I've learned. Um, in a city like, yeah, it's not unless you're like someone's visiting from like New York and you just want to eat and drink your way through. Because what you can do, Denver is very much outdoorsy. You got to find some things, places to go, things to do, and uh, yeah, we had a really fun time. <sighs> Really excited. I'm glad you guys are listening. Oh, my buddy Turner's going through. I think he just he just broke up with his uh his situationship. He had a summer situationship. Good for him. He's breaking up with her. He doesn't feel very good about it. And uh, I'm glad my boys can come out and talk to me. I really am. I mean, look, I'm still an emotional intelligence brown belt, but I'm you know, I've been to therapy, so at least I have some frame of reference for when the boys are upset, you know, you, but you just have to really make sure it, it makes sense to them. Like it's, you gotta be like, yo man, look, feelings are hard. I get it. I just, sometimes I want to do push-ups and, you know, scream into the wall too, but you got to just think about things you can't control and not worry about it. And he was like, word, I hear you. I just signed up for a tough mutter. I was like, good. You're listening. <laughs> Man, the most absurd conversation ever. Um, but I did see this article in the newspaper that kind of highlighted like, you know, masculinity is a prison, all this sort of stuff. And I've said it for a while. If masculinity is a prison, I'm trying to Shawshank my boys out of that shit, okay? Because it's not fun and it's not good to think about. So I've been reading this thing. It's The article was um, Fighting Middle-Aged Loneliness with Push-Ups and Prayer. So it's this group called F3. 
Um, it's a no frills formula inspires fervent devotion. These people are saying F3 changed my life. And they, um, so it's a pretty much, it's a workout group that these middle-aged men, they meet up together and they pretend to be Navy SEALs, which I think for the South, people in the South, I bet that's pretty cool. But I think that it's also mostly like an emotional support group where people can talk about their lives and like middle-aged loneliness. I imagine that must be a bummer. Say like, you know, you're going through some shit with your family maybe you lost your job maybe like you know you had a parents you had a parent die maybe you had a, a separation from your spouse kids whatever this seems like a really cool idea and i'm not trying to shit on it but i think it's just interesting how everything man related in terms of mental health also always comes back to fitness how like we use working out and like sculpting our bodies as a way to like you know, then work through other problems. And I say, I like it. Like, I think that's a, you know, that's the most simple way to get through to most people. I'm, I mean, look, it's the way I mostly saw it. I think like a healthy body obviously equals a healthy mind, but I think also pretending to be a Navy SEAL is kind of fucking lame, but look at this. He first attended last year when a friend repeatedly nudged him to try it or an FD's F3's Baroque jargon put him in a, quote, emotional headlock. An emotional headlock. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I like it. I mean, they uh, they have, like, a lot of, like, they just, you know, they get each other going. Like, I, there's a picture in the article where they're all pounding around in the pool, throwing around, playing pool basketball. In F3, there are no facilities, no form of gear, and no membership fees. Popular in the South, where outdoor workouts are pleasant most months of the year, the groups are ostensibly non-sectarian in the style of Alcoholics Anonymous, though many have a Christian emphasis. Some men describe the group as a complementing and expanding on their experience in the church. F3 is also a rare setting devoted to male bonding. It means you, quote, have guys to do life with, said Pastor Gerard, a.k.a. Baby Shark. They gave everybody like a weird name. Quote, to really care for others and to be cared for, to acknowledge others and to be acknowledged. The F3 ethos, quote, embraces healthy male masculinity. I like this. You know, I'm not here to shit on it because that's, look, all this like toxic male masculinity in like the form of the Andrew Tates, in the form of like all the, this alpha male bullshit I keep seeing on TikTok where it's like, you kind of, you know, you should have bitches everywhere. This is cool male masculine, where it's like, you know, hey, uh, things are not going so hot, but as long as I have, I feel seen by people that care about me, I'm good to go. That's cool. You know, this is cool. And that's what I'm trying to do. I think you just got to be cool and like make sure your boys know that they're seen. Um, I had a phone call with my buddy, Bry Guy. Shout out to Bry Guy. Um, the other day who lives back home and I wish I could like, you know, go out and just talk to him and we could go get a beer or something somewhere because uh, he's going through it. And I just, you know, call your boys and make sure everybody's cool because it's very tough out there for a lot of us. Yeah, I don't really have a joke for any of this. I just I just wanted to be honest with everybody for now. That's going to be the end of the transplants podcast for this week. Thank you very much for listening. There's a fucking lawnmower outside of my apartment right now. I can't stand it. Uh, guys, if you want to see me uh, live dates, Sunday Funday is this Sunday at Improper City in Denver. The link is going to be in my bio. I'm going to update all these shows. And uh, I'm going to be in L.A. end of October. So if you want to come out and see me then, 
Uh, I'm going to be posting that on my Instagram as well. Follow me on Instagram at Big Al Flynn. You'll see some cool stuff. I'm going to be uh, posting more clips soon. Thanks to my boy, son. So goodbye. Have a good one, Senator. Thank you.